Thanks, Tommy. <coughs> well, it's so warm in Dundee. I'll take my jacket off. Daniel will point the microphone at me in a seated position because I'm too lazy to stand up. So, uh, as Phyllis has pointed out, there are 30 questions on the sheet. So we've got to work very quickly if we're to get through them in 15 minutes. Um, may take slightly longer than that. So let's make a quick start. What's that? Jeep. It's a type of Jeep, actually. You must have x-ray eyes. It's, it was built on a Jeep chassis. However, can you be more specific? It's only got one seat. It's only got one seat, yes. So it wasn't a production model. As Neil says, it's a Land Rover. It's the prototype Land Rover, which was built on an American Jeep chassis and then developed into the Land Rover. So that's the very first Land Rover, the prototype same age as me, built in 1947. Okay, that's the first Land Rover. Anybody hazard a guess at what this is? The last Land Rover. Uh, a few months ago, the very last Land Rover Defender rolled off the production line in Solihull. Is it the same as the prototype? Th there's the prototype. Um, it's sort of recognisable as vaguely similar, but it has changed quite a lot over the 70 years since the first prototype was built. So there's the prototype and there's the reality. The 70 years between them and the reality <laughs> in most respects was better, uh, more powerful, uh, more reliable. So, that, um, you, you read Greek, don't you? Norman, you do surprise. The first letter of that word is P, P yes, and the second is Rho, R. R, and the third is Omega, mm -hmm. and then it ends with T-O-S, so that's easy. So it says Protos, which means first. Uh, and that word, that's much easier. The P is in the middle there, and the other letters are easy. So that says, Dupos, doesn't it? Yeah. So, which is a figure or impression. So I put the two, letter, two words together, Protos, Tupos, and we simply say, Prototype, the first impression, early model. So that's where we get the word from. And we actually use the word type um, quite a lot. We talk about Jesus. Uh, there are various types of Jesus in the Old Testament, various um, figures or <coughs> pre-production models. Who's this picture by? Uh, Ali? Caravaggio. I, I think it's Caravaggio, yes. Can you see what it's a picture of? Uh, Tommy was just reading to us about it. It's Abraham offering Isaac. Are there any things wrong in the picture? We, we read that God spoke to him from heaven, or the angel of the Lord spoke to him 
from heaven, whereas the angel there is uh, tapping me on the shoulder, putting his hand on his wrist and saying, well, hold on. The ram doesn't look altogether caught in the thicket, and quite what the medieval cathedral on the skyline is doing, I'm not quite sure. But apart from that, he's compressed the whole story into one picture. <coughs> Abraham ready to offer his Isaac, his son Isaac, and uh, God through his angels saying, okay, you don't need to go through with it. So we're going to look at that as a prototype for Jesus. Okay, so 30 questions. Has everyone got a paper? Has everyone got something to write with? Shall we work on this together or do you want to do it without any uh, interruption or hints from me? Neil hasn't got a pencil. Oh, he hasn't got a paper. So everybody has got a paper now. So, question one. What quality is attributed to Isaac's father? I've given a reference, but no need to turn it up. I've put it up on the screen. He believed the Lord. So what was the quality he showed if he believed God? He showed faith. Thank you. So we can write that in under the word answer against question one. But then how does it correspond with Jesus? Does it apply to Jesus? Well, yes, it does. Because Jesus is the Son of God. Does his Father show faith? Well, we have the New Testament passage, the Corinthians passage. God is faithful. So God, Abraham's father, Isaac's father, Abraham, showed faith. And God is faithful faithful. So that's a point of similarity between Isaac and Jesus. And that's what we're looking for tonight. (coughs) Points of similarity between Isaac and Jesus. Things about Isaac that were really prophesying things about Jesus. So on to question two. Was Isaac's birth foretold? And the reference is Genesis 17 verse 9. There it is on the screen. God said, no, but Sarah your, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. So the answer is yes. Um, God foretold that Abraham would have a son, and that son was to be Isaac. Does that apply to Jesus? Well, yes, it does. The, the verse I've given is this one from Matthew chapter 1. Joseph, son of David, don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. So, Abraham's wife, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. Um, Joseph's fiance, she will bear a son. It doesn't say she will bear you a son, but certainly it's foretold. So, the, the birth of Jesus is foretold there. So, we can write that in at the right-hand side. How does it correspond? Have you got the shape of how we're going? Okay, on to the next one. Number three. Was Isaac named before his birth? Or did they have the little baby and say, oh, what little beauty, let's call him, call, call him Isaac after that chap in Australia. Um, no, Genesis tells us that verse on the screen there, 
Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. So, his name was given by God. So we can say, yes, he was named before his birth. Does it apply to Jesus? And if so, how? Um, carrying on, the, the passage from Matthew 1 about Mary. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So, Joseph was told to call him Jesus. So it's almost the same words. And you shall call his name Isaac. You shall call his name Jesus. The, the same words, the same instruction coming from God. In the one case to Abraham and in the other to Joseph. Okay, question four. How was Isaac's birth miraculous? She was overage. She was too old. There's a picture of her uh, looking a bit surprised. So, Sarah, too old. Now, <coughs> does it correspond to Jesus? Well, yes, it does. But the exact opposite reason, really, his mother was too young. She hadn't even been with a man yet. She was still a virgin. So... The miracle there was the virgin birth. So it was a different miracle, but in both cases, Isaac and Jesus, the birth was a miracle. And all these are little things, but as we go through, all the little things begin to pile up. So, on to number five. Who doubted that Sarah could conceive. Abe or Sarah? Abraham or Sarah? Which one was it that doubted? Well, here's the scripture on the screen. The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child? So it was Sarah, the mother, who doubted and said, Well, I'm past the age for having children. And does the same apply to Jesus? Well, yes, it does. There's the verse. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? It's impossible. So it was Mary who queried. So in each case, it was the mother who said, well, this can't happen. That's question five. And in question six... Whose son is Jesus called? Well, um, <coughs> there's the beginning of the New Testament, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus called a son of Abraham, and of course Isaac was the son of Abraham. So that's another point of correspondence. They're both called son of Abraham. Isaac is son of Abraham. Jesus is son of Abraham. So that's six little points of things to do with Isaac that also came true in Jesus. Now this is a little sidestep, a thing that uh, question seven was a thing that interested me. It's not directly a 
prophecy. How old was Abraham's father? The name of Abraham's father was Terah. And how old was he when Isaac was born? Okay. Terah, this is from Genesis 11. Terah, when he'd lived 70 years, he fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So Terah was, that's Isaac's grandfather, was about 70 when Isaac's father was born. He was a bit old for having children as well, wasn't he? So how old was he when Isaac was born? Abraham was a hundred years old when his son uh, Isaac was born to him. So how old was Terah when Isaac was born? 170 years. I've said 170-ish because, well, I don't suppose Abraham, Nahor and Haran, Haran were triplets. I don't suppose they were all born the same year. So I think Terah started having his children when he was 70. But it makes him 170-ish when Isaac was born. And question eight, how old was Isaac when Terah died? And actually, uh, we get the answer in, uh, so, 70-year-old when Abram was born, the days of Terah were 205. So he was 170 when Isaac was born. So he was about, so Isaac was about 35 when his grandfather died. I just put that in as a bit of interest because... It surprised me a little when I, I looked these passages up. I'd always imagined that Tira was long dead by this time, but uh, he was apparently still alive until Isaac was about 35, which is interesting because of what happened to Isaac in Genesis 22, which Tommy read. Okay, back on line uh, to uh, question nine. In what way was Isaac, Abraham's only son. Was he his only son? No. Was he his firstborn son? No. So in what way was he his only son? Take your son, your only son whom you love. There, there it is, your only son, Isaac. And going back to chapter 17, as for Ishmael, I've blessed him, but I'll establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear you. So he was his only son by his wife, Sarah. Only son by Sarah. And he was the one God had chosen. The illegitimate son, Ishmael, God had blessed him in another way, but the, uh, the promises weren't to come through him. It was the only son by Sarah. Now... Does it apply to Jesus? Is Jesus God's only son? Yes. Only begotten son. Does God have any adopted sons and daughters? And we're, we're all called to be sons by adoption. But Jesus, as Norman says, is the only begotten son. Um, so there it is, John 3.16. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, uh, only... Some modern translations miss out the word begotten. It is there in the Greek text quite plainly um, for, for that reason that Jesus is the only son born to God. Adam was created. He is also called a son of God. But Jesus the only begotten Son of God. In fact, I think it's the NIV says God's one and only Son, which is quite wrong. Scripture tells us that we're all called to be sons of God by adoption, but Jesus was the only one actually born the Son of God. Okay, question 10, a third of the way there. How are we doing on time? Speed up a bit, George. Um, okay. Um, what feeling did Abraham have for Isaac? What emotion did he feel towards him? Do we need to look up the verse? Take your son, your only son, whom you love. So he, what feeling? He had love for his son. And does that apply to Jesus? Did his father have love for him? Uh, a voice from heaven said this, My beloved son. So... Another point of similarity there. Jesus, the beloved Son of God. Okay, number 11. How long was Isaac facing death? Three days. They travelled three days towards the place where he was to be killed. And how does that apply to Jesus well, Jesus rose the third day, so he was actually dead. Isaac was under sentence of death for three days. Jesus actually dead three days. He rose the third day. So Isaac's experience, again, pointing forward to Jesus, a sort of prophecy of Jesus. Number 12, where did it happen? Where was Isaac to be sacrificed? Mount Moriah. And Jesus was sacrificed just <coughs> outside the wall of Jerusalem, near the temple, and the temple was built on a site in, uh, on Mount Moriah. Uh, back in the time of Solomon, uh, he built the temple on Mount Moriah. So, Jesus certainly near uh, Mount Moriah. So, the same place, or a very similar place, um, Jesus was offered from where Isaac was to be offered. Then a... Uh, just a bit of interest is this. It's not really a point of similarity. What would you guess Moriah means? What would you think the Aya bit of it means? Uh, yes, the name of the Lord. You, you know that names like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hezekiah, Zedekiah, the Aya on the end of it is God's name. And it's suggested that... Um, 
that is the case with Moriah, it's suggested that it means seen, the mor bit means seen, seen by the Lord, seen by Yahweh. Um, so, it's from behindthename.com. Right. So, on to 14. We're almost on to the second half. Did Isaac take a donkey to his place of sacrifice? Well, there's the verse. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took his two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. So, they had a donkey. It's quite likely that um, Isaac rode on it, but certainly there was a donkey there. And did Jesus ride on a donkey? Yes, he did. Uh, his entry into Jerusalem rode on a donkey. The scripture tells us there in Matthew 21. So, riding to Jerusalem where he was to be sacrificed, Jesus riding on a donkey. Okay, we're on to the second page. Number 15. What promise did Abraham make when he took Isaac away? He'd be back. There you are. Uh, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over and worship and come again. So that was the promise. They'd be back. And does this apply to Jesus? Well, of course it does. Jesus himself said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'll come again and take you to myself. So, he promised to come again. And the next one, question 16. What did Isaac carry? Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, to the fire and the knife. So, Isaac actually had to carry the wood on which he was to be sacrificed, on which he was to be burned. And how does this correspond to Jesus? The cross. The cross. Jesus had to bear his own cross to the place called the place of a skull in Aramaic called Golgotha. So there's a very obvious correspondence there isn't there Isaac carrying the wood he and his father both of them together Jesus on his walk to Golgotha they didn't see his father but his father was there both of them together okay number 17 what did Abraham say about the lamb not the ram the lamb God would provide. God, Isaac said, well, we've got everything, but where's the lamb for the offering? God will provide for himself a lamb. God will provide. Does that apply to Jesus? Well, yes, of course it does. Um, John the Baptist recognized that. He saw Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
We sometimes wonder if anybody ever understood all those things in the law. Well, John the Baptist did. And God provided his own son to be the Lamb of God. Jesus himself was the Lamb. And uh, Abraham had really been prophesying that. That um, God eventually would provide the Lamb which would take away the sin of the world. Okay. Did Isaac, question 18, did Isaac resist? It's not recorded that he did, it's not recorded that he didn't. I think there's an implication that he didn't. Um, so perhaps the best answer is no record of him resisting. No record of resistance. I think it's a fair conclusion <coughs> that he didn't resist. As we'll say, his age, Isaac was a very old man. The pictures all show Isaac as a very young boy. The pictures might not be quite right there. Um, <coughs> but certainly we know that it applies to Jesus. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, opened not his mouth like a lamb that led to the slaughter. So Jesus certainly didn't resist. And we're on to number 19. Uh, what did Abraham do to Isaac before he sacrificed him? He bound him. Yes, he tied him up, so he bound him. And what happened to Jesus? Does it apply to Jesus? Yes, it does. There we are. They bound Jesus and led him away. So even the little details are tending to correspond. As I said before, it's lots of little things, but the little things do add up. Was it a lot of mickle makes a muckle? Is that right? Um, okay, we're on to number 20. Uh, was Isaac being <laughs> punished for doing wrong? Did Abraham think, you've been very naughty boy, I'm going to kill you? It, so, I can't come up with a verse saying that it wasn't for doing something specifically wrong, but again, we're not told that it was, so... It wasn't for doing something wrong. And of course, um, when it comes to Jesus, we're told very specifically, this is from Hebrews, we, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So... Um, Jesus was without sin, so he certainly wasn't being put to death as a punishment for what he'd done. Okay, that's number 20. On to 21. Was Isaac perfect? No. Uh, but Jesus was, so that doesn't apply to Jesus. Was the Passover lamb perfect? 
It was without blemish. Uh, your lamb shall be without blemish. So, as lambs go, it was a perfect one. Yes, without blemish. But if we go down to the next question, um, about being willing to die, in verse, this is question 22. Was Isaac willing to die? I don't think he wanted to die, but the implication, we, we're sort of concluding that he was willing, he wasn't resisting. So we're saying, yes, it seems he was willing to die. Do you think the Passover lamb was willing to die? The Passover lamb said, yeah, it's a good thing I should die so that the people can... Well, no. Um, was it willing to die? No, it wasn't. And in, what about Jesus? Jesus was perfect, yes. Was Jesus willing to die? Yes. So when we put those two things together, um, Isaac was willing but not perfect, so he can't completely represent Jesus. The Passover lamb was perfect, but it wasn't willing, so it can't perfectly represent Jesus. But when we put together the, the, the willing and the perfect, then we get Jesus. So when we put together the Passover lamb and Jesus, then they're both imperfect examples, but put them together and they sort of give us a perfect example. The next one we'll go over very quickly because it's rather weak. I found it in an American book and... Uh, the ram was caught in the thicket by its horns. There's the Hebrew at the left-hand side. And the middle word in the thicket is the word basabach. And the Americans said, well, that sounds like Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani. But when I looked up the Hebrew, it was actually completely different. So uh, that I'll just put tenuous connection there's two words that sound about a bit similar we'll pass quickly on to number 24 what did Isaac's release represent he was tied up his dad was about to kill him and then he was let go what did it represent being let go at that stage what it represents represents resurrection scripture says so this is hebrews 11 by faith abraham offered up isaac after he'd received the promises offering his only son he considered god was able to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking he did receive him so it's not us christadelphians saying it represents resurrection the writer to the hebrews says it represents what did his release represent resurrection one s and two r's is that right <coughs> okay and does it apply to jesus well of course it does that uh, jesus was raised okay 25 what happened after what followed on from uh, Isaac's release. Well, lots of things did. I guess I've got to show you the passage to show you what I'm getting at. 
uh, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So blessing came following the release of Isaac. I will surely bless you, said God. And of course, really, it was looking forward to Jesus. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning everyone from your wickedness. So blessing follows the uh, release of Isaac and the raising of Jesus. That was number 25. On to 26. Oh yes, I've got a verse there from Galatians. In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham. That's interesting, isn't it? The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So here we are as Gentiles. Those blessings of Abraham come to us in Christ, it says in Galatians. Okay, we're going on to 26. Um, (coughs) What did Isaac give Abraham? What have... uh, What has... Graham, uh, given Rachel and uh, Norman, <laughs> grandson, yeah, given them uh, the next generation. God said to Abraham, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So what did Isaac eventually give Abraham? I'm putting descendants, if I can spell it, D-E-S-C. Descendants with an A. Descendants. Okay. Is that true of Jesus? Does Jesus give God descendants? Well, in a way it is, actually. Um, In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, and if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So, really, we become sons of God through Jesus. So, Jesus does give his father uh, sons and daughters, as uh, Abraham was promised uh, that Isaac would give him descendants. Number 27, did Abraham rejoice at his son's release? Well, of course he did. Um, (coughs) Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide sure he was very happy that uh, God was providing you can see what I'm working round to here I'm working round to the passage in John 8 your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day said Jesus he saw it and was glad when did Abraham see the day of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm suggesting it was that day when he saw his son raised from the dead effectively so uh, Jesus said that Abraham rejoiced to see his day okay 27 28 how did Abraham know that God would restore Isaac how did he know? Why was he willing to offer his son, believing Hebrews said that he would restore him? Well, scripture actually says so. God said to Abraham, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. If he, if, um, he hadn't got any offspring yet, 
than whatever he did to Isaac. Um, God was going to raise him. So how did he know? God had promised offspring through Isaac. So even if Isaac died, God must raise him again so that he could have offspring. Okay, does it apply to Jesus? Uh, the one who conquers, this is from Revelation, one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. I'll never blot out his name from the book of life. I will confess his name before my father. So... Um, <coughs> We, we have a corresponding sort of promise there. Okay, number 29. How old do you reckon Isaac was? I, I said the pictures all showed him as a little boy. And that's how artists see him. What does scripture say? He was strong enough to move the wood. He was strong enough to carry the wood, so he wasn't a toddler. Uh, he wasn't like Fergus. Mind you, Fergus is today not exactly crawled but kind of rolled but uh, he, he certainly couldn't carry wood I and the boy will go over there and worship and the word boy Hebrew word is ne'ar uh, which is also means young man it is for instance the word that's used about Absalom at the time of his death and he was uh, don't know that we're given his age at the time of his death but he was old enough to rebel against his father and to uh, sit in the gate of Hebron for a number of years uh, stealing support away from his father so Absalom was no youngster when he died and in fact we were looking at Genesis 22 over the page the first verse of chapter 23 tells us Sarah lived for 127 years. These were the days of the life of Sarah. And if she was 127 years old, then Isaac must have been 37. She was 90 when he was born. So, the beginning of chapter 23, he's 37. He's a strong young man in chapter 22. His dad didn't carry the wood. He got the young man to carry the wood so we can't put a precise age on it but there's a sort of implication there that the next thing we read about him is 37 that he might well have been in his 30s so all we can say as a young man perhaps 30s 30s question mark I'm going to put and Jesus at the time of his being offered <coughs> well he began to be about 30 years of age at the start of his ministry. His ministry went on about three years up to his crucifixion. So Jesus was about 33 when he was crucified. So there seems to be a similarity of age. They're both young men, certainly. We can be certain of that. Okay, last one. Number 30. <coughs> Whom did Abraham send to prepare a bride for Isaac? The steward of his house. The steward of his house, did you say? Yes. Um, <coughs> he sent his servant, his steward, 
W- would you hazard a guess at the name? Yes. Certainly this, he, he said that I haven't got a son, Eliezer of Damascus is my descendant, so that seems to be his chief servant. So we assume that it's Eliezer, but it's his servant. Now, who or what did God send to prepare a bride for his son? I'm looking here at Revelation 19. Let's rejoice and exult, give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. Who who or what is the bride here, the bride of Christ? The Ecclesia. And I'm now going to John 14. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So you see the point I'm trying to make. God sends his soul, Holy Spirit, a helper, a servant, to uh, prepare a bride for his son. Um, so there's a sort of little correspondence there. So that's our 30 little points which I think add up to one quite big point, that the life of Isaac, the things that happened to Isaac, God was showing us what was going to happen to his son Jesus. So, with the Land Rover, we have the 1947 prototype, and then 70 years later, or 69 years later, 2016, we have the reality which is better but in Isaac we have the prototype but in the Lord Jesus Christ we have the reality the prototype the reality Isaac a prototype for Christ